Welcome to Foundations, a podcast of Foxwood Counseling and Consulting. This podcast will focus on all things related to self-awareness. I'm Bryce Roberts, founder of Foxwood Counseling and Consulting. And I'm Becky Shabilsky, one of the facilitators of the Foundations program. Our hope is that listeners find this podcast helpful um, to their own journey, to their own exploration of who they are, what makes them tick, and how they might live lives that are more rooted in a sense of meaning and purpose. We're grateful to be here um, and excited to have you listening for a little while with us. Hi, Becky. Hi, Bryce. I am so excited for our conversation today. Me too. <laughs> yeah. We, today we are covering um, really, I think, a critical area for mo- in most people's lives who have experienced it. Um, so we're running a, a podcast on self-awareness, and today we're covering the subject of psychotherapy, or for the, how we'll refer to it for the rest of today is just as therapy um, or counseling. Um, and so this area, uh, you know, is a pivotal piece for many, many people of how they come to know themselves better or um, address things that are maybe getting in their way from living more whole and healthy lives. And um, Becky, you and I were talking like, it, you know, I'm a, so Bryce here, I'm a licensed therapist, mm-hmm. um, an LPC, a licensed professional counselor. Um, and we were thinking like, it'd be nice to welcome another therapist uh, to the podcast. And I think it took us about half a second mm-hmm. to decide who we would like to invite. Um, does that sound right to you? Sounds right on. <laughs> Yeah. Um, And so today we're thrilled um, to be welcoming Wendy Nathan to the podcast. Um, Wendy is a licensed professional clinical counselor in the Toledo area. Um, She served as my supervisor when in that time, you know, um, and is just a really good friend to so many people. Um, Wendy was recently, I think just last year, and Wendy, you can correct me if I'm wrong, was recognized by the Ohio Counselor Association as the Counselor of the Year. Um, And so we've invited someone with some game to the podcast who knows what she's doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think most people would describe Wendy as artistic, um, highly empathetic, curious, um, and a really badass counselor. (laughs) So Wendy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I am so honored to be here with you both. I've never done a podcast before, so um, this is pretty exciting for me. Thank you for inviting me. So glad you could join us. I'll say, too, Wendy is is also a graduate of the Foundations program and was in the same group as Becky. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's a special, there's like a groovy connection. We're all smiling a lot um, (laughs) as we're doing this episode today. It's like a reconnection. It's a love fest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah um, I definitely am all all grins today. I feel like I'm getting to share some time with two of my most favorite people in the universe. So this is this is really a great opportunity. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, here we go. You guys ready? We're ready. Ready. Okay, so. Um, the purpose of the podcast again is um, exploring all things self awareness. Um, and so I think the first item for us to address, and and this episode might go in a lot of different directions, but um, I think just to get us started, it might be helpful to say, like, 
how, you know, how does therapy impact our understanding of ourselves and expand even our own awareness of, of what's going on internally? And Wendy, I'm going to punt to you first, just as since you're here as our guest, I want to hear your thoughts. Well, the old, um, the old phrase, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink comes up Mm -hmm. for me. So if you're open to therapy, and you're open to learning more about yourself, therapy can be incredibly impactful on your life. If you show up to therapy, not curious, not motivated, defensive, Mm. it can be very difficult to get to the place that you want to get to about knowing yourself more deeply and how you relate to yourself and how you relate to others. So, so how you show up is very important. Let's start there. Yeah. Maybe, Um, you know, maybe it'd be helpful to say like, what is therapy? You know, just to start from that space. Well, you can have many different um, answers to what is therapy. So what is therapy is also going to be different for each person that shows up. But basically what's happening is you are, when you're in therapy, you're bringing issues that you want to work on with somebody else that is an expert in listening and uh, is generally a wise human um, and somebody skilled in the art of helping you work through those issues, whatever they might be. And they can be, they can range from personal issues to relational issues to um, mental health issues, of course. And they don't have to be one or the other. It can be a combination of all kinds of things. But the idea is, is that you have somebody dedicated um, for at least, um, and usually up to an hour, listening and reflecting back and challenging you to learn more about yourself so that you can lead a more peaceful life, a more authentic life, a more wholehearted life, um, a more enjoyable life. Yeah. And I'm going to jump in on this a little bit too, which is, for me, it's agreement with everything Wendy's saying, but different therapists are trained with different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And so the, True. for me, therapy is, a, is fundamentally about a relationship. It is one of the most unique relationships you will have in your life is the dynamic between you and the therapist and the therapist and you. Um, Not everybody else, you know, there are therapists who wouldn't see it that way. It's not as relational as it is um, transactional or or something like that. Um, But for me, I, I come out of a school of thought that says this is primarily a relationship. Um, And the uniqueness of that relationship is that, Um, I show up as the therapist with unconditional positive regard, 
constantly. I am unconditionally committed to this. Um, the I'm trained specifically in areas to be present to you. Um, I you know I know my way around the human brain bio, you know biologically, but also from an emotional perspective, and can hear what you're saying through those different lenses. Absolutely. Um, but then, beautiful. You know, mixed in with that is also a, a standard of care that all therapists mm-hmm. carry, which means I'm bound to a set of ethics that mean I can't. It's not just that I won't break your confidentiality or tell people what's going on. I'm bound not to. Um, and so that's something that most therapists take sa- as a sacred oath. Um, that what happens in this room is is uniquely just between the two of us. Um, and so rare to find that dynamic where someone's unconditionally committed, trained to be able to hear what I'm saying, um, and then is bound to not tell anybody. Absolutely. Um, and, and that so, creates an environment, mm-hmm. right? right? That is an incredibly safe space. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. So to me, therapy is about creating this relationship that is very unique. Um, so that's what therapy is, I guess. Uh, there's, we could probably have a whole episode on what is therapy and talk about different perspectives and schools of thought. But at the end of the day, I think it just comes down to this, this almost sacred relationship. Um, and as, as you bring up relationship, it's also very important that the client feels that relationship, mm-hmm. right? Feels that, that, that they've got the right therapist for them. Yeah. If you go to see, see someone for therapy and you don't connect with that person, it's very important that you keep searching until you find that right person for you. So it doesn't always click every time. Most of us, however, are people, people that go into therapy are people that already (laughs) have a fondness and a connection with other people, but that you can't just say that's true of all therapists. Mm -hmm. So I want people to have permission if they're not connecting with somebody um, to to move on Mm -hmm. and find somebody that you do connect with. Yeah. Yeah. We often call that rapport in our field. Do we have good rapport between mm-hmm. the therapist and the client or the patient? Um, and this data is a little, it's a little dated um, at this point, so it may be a little different now. But at, at one time, not too long ago, there was uh, some data released that said that the efficacy of treatment, so like the, the likelihood that your goals will be met in therapy and the therapy will be effective goes up 60%, which is dramatic. Mm -hmm. That's a big 60% when there is good rapport between the therapist and the client. So that means when the relationship is solid. Right. They call that also the therapeutic bond. And they've discovered that the therapeutic bond in and of itself is a therapy. Mm. So is, is very healing in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So, yes, thank you. Yeah, so there's some therapy. What is therapy? Um, that I think we've addressed that a little bit here. Um, 
and so get confused. It is, yeah, know? it is people confusing. Get, yeah, people get confused, and people often get confused about the differences between a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a social worker, and a counselor. Yeah. So, um, lots of times, people think I can prescribe meds to them, but I cannot. Only a psychiatrist can do that. And yeah. psychiatrists often just see people for their medication management, but some of them are rare. Some of them do um, like to talk with their patients, mm-hmm. and they do call them patients versus clients. Now, psychologists, social um, psychologists, if you're a clinical psychologist, will also be providing therapy. A clinical social worker will also be providing therapy and a counselor, of course, a licensed professional counselor or a licensed professional clinical counselor has the background to provide counseling. Um, Our program specifically focuses on the art of counseling. Um, In the School of Social Work, they add a little broader sense. I have a bachelor's degree in social work. They're a little bit broader in that they're also looking at social policy and they look a little bit broader at systems and how systems impact, which is very valuable. And psychologists um, are, if they go into clinical psychology, they're studying the same things social workers and counselors are doing. So actually, um, we kind of all do the same thing. Um, A psychologist, however, has a PhD. And um, again, social workers with their independent license pretty much do the same thing. Yeah. That we do. So, yeah, all these individuals are licensed. Um, And I think that's an important distinction to make, that any one of the sort of fields you've described are able to do psychotherapy. Um, They just, there's different, usually focus areas. So, like, the psychiatrist is an MD. They're a medical doctor. And so, their focus, like you said, Wendy, is going to be more well, we also have a shortage of psychiatrists right now in the United States, and so they're often way overbooked. It's really hard to get in, and some people know that struggle that you call, and it's like, well, we can get you in in a month, and unless it's like something severe. Or, um, but so that's often more medical-based, like you said, and um, yeah, I'm not going to reiterate everything, but... Um, yeah, I think knowing those distinctions, people often don't know. That's a common thing is people call and they don't, they're not sure what they're looking for. They're not sure if we can provide what they want. And I find myself often on the phone, sort of just walking them through the differences between these areas and how each area can be helpful to them, um, if, if applicable. Um, so I think that's helpful to just break that down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and each of those fields then has different distinguishers, you know, like there's school psychologists and clinical psychologists and so on and so on. And then there's, you know, RNs who specialize in psychiatry and PAs who, you know, so it's, it's hard to know necessarily the, you know, the person you're seeing, you know, it's important to ask, I think, what are, what are the, you know, letters behind your name and what does that mean? What, what training do you have? 
Absolutely. And also, I should note that social workers, licensed social workers and licensed counselors um, could also have their PhD. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, those who get their PhD end up in academia, but that's not always the case. Yeah. You know, as I'm listening to the two of you um, kind of tease this out and help us um, just have a better understanding about some of the differences um, in folks who are providing these different therapeutic services, I'm just thinking that, you know, somebody has a moment in their life and they're realizing they need some support. And so the first hurdle is sort of like, uh, what kind of support? And as Bryce, as you were sharing, you know, sometimes people don't really know the differences and they're not really sure quite what they what they need or where to start. And so they maybe are brave and they go pick one and they try. Um, and then, Wendy, as you were pointing out, that sometimes it's it's not the right fit automatically and right away. And so I'm just I'm just thinking about in my own life too, you know, moments when we know we need some support. And we want it kind of right right now, usually in our culture. And really what I'm hearing is that sometimes this takes a little bit of time, you know, to find the right service, mm-hmm. the right provider. Um, and so I'm wondering in this moment what you might want to say to our listeners who maybe have ventured down that path a little bit and got stuck or didn't find um, the right person. Like, what, what might you want to say to them? Well, I'll tell you something that I usually say at the beginning of my sessions. I do say that if you feel like this is not the right fit for you, I want you to speak up and let me know, and I can refer you to somebody else that might be a better fit for you, and you won't hurt Mm -hmm. my feelings. Mm -hmm. It's okay. So giving people permission from the get-go, I think, for many things, is very important. So, But I would also encourage, if the therapist doesn't say that to you, to be able to be brave and speak up and tell your therapist that you don't think it's a good fit. And do they have some recommendations to help you find that right fit? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about you, Bryce? Well, I think it's unique. It's a unique clinical field. And this, I think, is actually one of a few problems in this field is um, people treat therapy more as a consumer like product than they would any, I think, any other clinical experience. And so people shop, they shop around. Um, and they should do that. I invite it. But it is, it's hard to know what you're actually buying mm-hmm. um, or you, if for, you know, that's a little, that image can be broken. It's not mm-hmm. the same as like, you know, going to the grocery store or something. Um, and for that, there's a website psychology today where we write profiles about ourselves and you can sort of skim through therapists in your area. And that to me is a great tool um, for people to do their own research um, to be able to scan through and read what this person writes about their practice and what they, you know, things that they stand for, their background, what insurance they take or don't take, um, areas of certification that they've done outside of their degree, and 
And so I think it is important for people to be able to do a little bit of research mm-hmm. um, and and to know that they're not stuck with anyone, mm-hmm. um, that they don't have to just go to the person that their, their you know, primary care physician referred them to, um, that, you know, they can do their own digging and figure out who would be best for them. Um, that being said, too, I do a 30-minute consultation before I see anybody and take them on as a client. Um, and that's mostly to give them an opportunity to meet me and be able to say, like Wendy was saying, like, I don't think I'm into this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't for me. I don't like the way, you know, this is set up. This was far from my house. And I don't, this is not, I don't like it. And for them to have, like, no commitment just mm-hmm. to be able to come in, hear a little more about my practice. Sometimes I'll do them over the phone or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and for them to just say without any judgment, yeah, I'd like to move forward or no, I'm going to, can you offer me some referrals? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people need to know they will not hurt our feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, the, if people in this field want people to get better and feel better and get what they want. And so we, we should be advocates for helping people do that um, and not stand in their way. Absolutely. Um, I'm so glad both of you shared that um, that piece about giving permission to people uh, to, and really this is about the self-awareness piece, like you know you, and is this the right fit? And so we all have ways that maybe we check for that sense of rapport, that bond, um, the timing of things, the dist- all these different things you've mentioned. Like this is a moment for folks um, to check in about, oh, yeah, this this seems right for me right now. And if it's not there, if that sense is not there, to absolutely um, acknowledge it and speak up about it. And I think that that's, I think that's really hard for a lot of people. It's kind of this, I, I, was, I was in a conversation recently where somebody was sharing that some, it was time with their therapist to be, kind of done and to move on and and they were using like they're like it was like a breakup you know (laughs) and I thought oh that is interesting there's this feel like how do I do this breakup like you know um so I'm wondering now if you might like to speak to that like when when it's maybe time um to move on so maybe you've had a season of therapy with somebody and you've met your goals you've done what you wanted to do how do you navigate that change of either changing to a different service provider? Sometimes our insurance has changed and we have to change because of that. So when there's one of those times of change, um, and I think that is usually kind of uncomfortable for folks, um, what, what would you like to speak into that space? What would our listeners benefit from hearing from you there? Do you want me to take that, Bryce, or you want to take it? You can go first. I have some thoughts. <laughs> I have some thoughts too. So, you know, when you're in this, um, I, first of all, I love how you said season. I just think that's beautiful. You always word things so beautifully, mm-hmm. Becky. So as you're working with your client, you're in tune with one another. Um, that is... Um, part of the process. So you're going to be assessing where they're at each time they're coming Mm -hmm. in. You're going to be reviewing um, their plan and their growth. 
And so I would hope that, first of all, it would be a comfortable discussion with your therapist at that point. And an easy, a comfortable and easy discussion to have. And the therapist ought to be thinking, you know, this person's doing pretty mm-hmm. well. Um, so it is usually several conversations about readiness mm-hmm. to try things either on their own or, so that's one scenario. Mm-hmm. One scenario is like you're in tune, you're watching your client grow, the client is accepting of that growth, and the client is ready. That's one scenario. There's another scenario where you think the client's ready, and the client is a little nervous about, you know, that happens a mm-hmm. lot. The client's a little nervous to do this on mm-hmm. their own. Um, so there might be a little bit of pushing out of the nest a little bit um, and a slow tapering off of therapy so that the client can say, yeah, you know, they've built this self-efficacy, mm-hmm. this feeling that they're um, able to launch and they see that they can do that. That's like a beautiful scenario. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's other scenarios. There's many different scenarios. So if insurance changes, it happens. And you can, at that point, if they don't want to pay out of pocket and and the, to work with you, and again, that's something that can be negotiated money-wise with the therapist, um, then it, you, the therapist has to do their due diligence to find somebody that that person can connect with, mm-hmm. do, the, do their best job of making an appropriate referral. Um, same if the client is feeling like they've gotten all they can out of that particular therapist to be able to um, have permission to say that and have the therapist uh, be comfortable enough to say and secure enough to say, let me find you something or someone that can help you. And I have done that. I was at a place with a particular client where I was all out of my bag of tricks. I did everything I knew how to do at that time. So I started looking for another therapist for my client because I wanted her to get better. So I did some research. I found someone, called that therapist up, and uh, we did a very nice transfer Mm. over to that next therapist. And I felt good about that because I wanted my client to be in good hands. Yeah. So that's another scenario. Bryce, I'm going to let you chime in. Yeah. So uh, I tell everybody that I work with, um, if at any time you feel like this isn't working for you, I want you to be really forthright about that because I can pivot or um, I can get you to someone who may better suit you. Mm Um, and so I don't, this is about you and you, your wellness and not about me. Um, and so I'm very f- open with people about if they're feeling like this isn't working for them to try to help them navigate that. 
um, which does take some humility on my part and can be a little challenge. Sometimes I have to check my own stuff mm -hmm. when someone comes in and says, I'm not really liking where we're going. Can you, can we try something else or can we get a referral? And sometimes I want to be like, what do you mean you don't like me? You know, like that's, that's not what they're saying. Sure. Um, but that's your self-awareness uh, in the moment. So I so appreciate right. that you can even name that for us and help us to see that even as a trained professional, you know, that this, this is part of being human and this rises in the moment. And so. Right. Well, and it's, I'm usually, what comes out of my mouth is usually a sincere um, affirmation of them being able to ask for their needs to be met. Mm -hmm which is really hard for all of us to do, I think, to be really just straightforward about our own needs. Um, the second is when someone, you know, is improving, and I feel like maybe they don't need treatment anymore. A really common practice is that that person wants to come in like once a month, or once every, you know, every other month or something. And it's more, it turns more into like maintenance. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that can become a really common practice as someone, the frequency of treatment just goes way down and the person just keeps an appointment on the schedule just to check in and make sure that, you know, they're not missing anything or have a safe place to vent. Um, and so that's a normal practice. And I know, Wendy, that's normal for you, too. I see you nodding there. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, and then um, can I just chime in real quick, too? Sure, sure. Well, and just coming back to that season word, right? That there might be a season where you really need weekly therapy appointments with somebody. And then just like the seasons in, you know, the natural world shift, you know, that that, that frequency, um, you know, would shift as well. So I, I think that that's just a really helpful way to think about that, that there might be seasons where it's, it's weekly. And then, yeah. you know, the weather changes, your inner weather changes, and you don't need to do that. And if that's great. And noticing that and making that adjustment and frequency is one way of being in tune with yourself and with your therapist and kind of making that alignment. Um, when we don't always know that the seasons change right. either. And so sometimes having that appointment, that's, that's critical for people with a mood disorder, for example, to keep appointments going because they may not, they may need someone like me to be with them in the room once a month to be able to say like, something is shifting here. Mm -hmm. uh, my notes from last month and my notes from this month, there's some dramatic shifts in affect or mood or, or something, behavior. Um, and so we can be able to be part of how they sort of take, take their temperature, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. if you will. Um, and so for some folks, that's a critical part of how they live life is making sure they have an appointment like this and then can increase or decrease treatment based on whatever. Um, the other piece is the, that lovely and friendly warm word termination. Uh, <laughs> and that's what we call it in our field, which I hope someday we get a better term for it. But termination is when we say someone is no longer on our caseload. Um, and I always think of Arnold Schwarzenegger whenever I right. do it, like the Terminator. Um, but it, it's it's just a clinical word for saying, like you did it, like this, it's over, like you've I like completed to call it the goal. I like yes, calling it yeah. graduation. Yeah, a lot mm -hmm. of folks do that, or um, but yeah. really, it's just saying um, you don't need this right now, or, or you're moving on to a different therapist to try a different perspective. But you're not on my caseload anymore, and um, usually, it's a good thing. Um, and so 
I think what you're asking, Becky, is like, how do you know it's over? Mm-hmm. How do you, how do we stay in touch? And I think we've, you feel like we've answered that. Yeah, it's not a sharp. It's not a sharp. You know, I shouldn't say it's not black and white. Yeah, it isn't black and white. And oftentimes, clients will graduate, but we give them permission to come Mm -hmm. back. So, um, so that there's no feeling of shame if they want to come back in and see us again because they need a tune-up or something else has come up in their lives that they want to work on. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, because that weather changes, right? <laughs> a new storm may blow in and you may in fact need to come back and and have yeah. that help. Yeah, so that's that's great. Mhm. How about when to go? When do I need to go to therapy? Always all the time, every day. <laughs> not me, not me personally. But, uh, mm. uh, uh, but what's the answer to that? Mm. Like when that's a confusing for uh, for many folks is how do I know I need this or is this what I need or, mm-hmm. you know. It's a great question. Yeah, some people don't even consider it at all because there has been stigma yes. around getting help from a mental health therapist and we've um, come up with all kinds of great words and phrases to make like, Cuckoo for coconuts or cocoa for... Yeah. Cuckoo for cocoa, <laughs> cocoa puffs. Coconut, cuckoo cocoa for, puffs. Right. Cuckoo for cocoa puffs and they're nutsy, mm. cuckoo, they're mm-hmm. crazy, right? Like we've come up with all of these awful words um, around mental health. Mm-hmm. And so that can stop people... And people also feel, okay, so I want to bust this idea right now. (laughs) People feel like they're weak, Mm -hmm. right? They use the word weak if they have to go in and see somebody for Mm -hmm. help. And actually, it's the opposite. Mm -hmm. It takes a very strong person to admit that they need help with something in their life. So I consider it an amazing strength when somebody shows up to get help. So I would just like to bust that idea entirely. Yeah. Yeah. That's so powerful. Uh, I'm just I'm I'm just checking in with myself even as I'm hearing you say that and it's like, oh, my body's responding to that. Like, yes, that's it's hard to to step up and to to make a move, however small that seems, when we feel like we need support. Um, you know, shame wants to keep us in the dark and in the quiet and, and, you know, silenced. And so when we dare to speak up, you know, like, at, whether it's help, or I think I need something, I'm not sure what it is. I mean, that's, that's really hard and very brave. And so I, yes, thank you for bringing voice to that, Wendy. Yeah, and mental health is real, just as diabetes is real, strep throat is real, chicken pox is real. You know, we, we, we don't, we do love independence in this country, but we are interdependent. Mm-hmm. We need other people. That's just the bottom line. We need other people. And thank goodness there are other people out there that are skilled to be able to help us. So we don't 
fix our own vacuum cleaners, maybe some of us do, or lawn mowers, or create our own light, um, or staplers. I'm looking at the stapler right now. <laughs> right? We need other people to help us. So this is just another service, and I'd like people to look at it that way. So how do we know? How do we know when we need help? Um, well, if we've if we've struggled with something and we haven't been able to solve it for ourselves is a good um, way to know that you can enter into therapy. Mm-hmm. You've, um, you've sought out your support systems. They are not helpful. Um, when you are looking for an unbiased, usually when people come in to see us, they say, I was really needing to find somebody with an unbiased um, perspective Mm -hmm. for what I'm bringing in here. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, if you feel like you've tried it on your own and then you haven't been able to resolve it and you've gone to your resources and they have, been helpful but not it's not been enough then it's time to consider going in to see somebody to help you with your personal issues your interpersonal issues your traumas your mental health symptoms etc yeah for me this is how the you know, the podcast is on self-awareness and this is, um, the answer to that question is, uh, that's what comes up for me is if I don't, we can't all always see everything going on, mm-hmm. um, expe- externally and internally. And so sometimes we need someone who is ob- more objective mm-hmm. and, um, trained to be able to help us see a little better what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no shame in that. Um, our culture has shamed that in some ways, like Wendy was saying, but the reality is, is there isn't, it's not shameful. Um, it will not disconnect us from others. In fact, it will help us to connect better with others is usually the outcome. Yes. Hallelujah. Um, and so for me, when to go, it can be as, it can be you know, when things are severe, I mean, obviously, that's more obvious. Mm-hmm. And usually there's pe- other clinicians involved that are telling you to go or helping you go or referring you to go. Um, but it can also be just anything that's showing up in our lives where we're saying, I'm not sure I can carry this on my own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or this is becoming disruptive. Um, like I've I've always had anxiety, but it's it's at a place now where I'm having a hard time getting through the day. Mm-hmm. Or, um, this, uh, you know, I've been married for 20 years and it just, I feel hopeless and I don't know what to do in this marriage anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be things like that, that just where it seems like ha- someone to help me see better, um, would be good. Right. You're moving from a place of either not being very effective or not functional you know, the goal is, of course, to be functional um, and 
even thrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So not as Martin Seligman says in his positive psychology, we don't want to bring people back to baseline. We want people people's lives to improve dramatically. Mm. We want them to live the life that they want to be living. Mm. So when to go, it seems like, is very much in your court. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know yourself better than anyone else. And you know when things are feeling off or feeling really in line. And so my sense is there's the obvious things, like when there's severe behavioral differences or, or something like that. And those, those are not as, those are more, again, like I said, obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, I think where the, it gets tricky is when we get a little closer to the line. Mm-hmm. Um, and people say, like, is this worth me going? I don't even, if you're asking that question, you should go. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of my, and we'll tell you. Yeah. I'm not sure you need therapy. Um, but usually anyone can benefit from therapy, especially if you're asking those hard questions or feeling really isolated or um, like people don't get you or get what you're going through. You know, what's coming up for me uh, as I'm listening to point to sometimes it's a little bit less clear. You know, it's not a huge crisis moment. There's not been some major behavioral thing going on. Um, But moments like when maybe there's an anniversary of a death of a loved one or of a traumatic experience, and maybe the person has, you know, been in, you know, feeling healthy and, and doing well, but their awareness of like, oh, this is a hard time for me this time of year when this anniversary hits that they might choose to be proactive and make an appointment as an act of I mean genuine self-care and loving themselves to you know maybe they don't need weekly therapy right now but they recognize like oh this this tends to be a hard thing for me I'm going to just go ahead and make that appointment um, and have that kind of tune up or check in Um, and so I think you know, there are, there are moments, there are anniversaries, there are um, other instances maybe that aren't as um, like overt that people really can benefit from, from entering into a session or two with their therapist. Absolutely. And there's a potential there, of course, for, first of all, you're speaking to self-care, which is beautiful. And also there's that potential for making that tough time, easier, Mm -hmm. as well as uh, an opportunity for reflection and growth and understanding. Mm -hmm. Another question that's coming up now, uh, so hopefully, is it all right if I interject here? (laughs) Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So what you've shared, both of you have shared already, you know, the this therapeutic space, this relationship, this bond, this um, safe place where people can come and really be seen and really be heard and work on their issues. Um, I'm just wondering, um, so sometimes, like you said, Wendy, just being in that space is therapeutic and having that that connection in that moment. I'm wondering a little bit about um, other practices, other suggestions, other tools that you offer clients um, that they work on outside of the therapy session. 
Um, so I think sometimes I've heard folks like, oh, I go to therapy and that's just it. I show up there. But I'm just wondering in between sessions, what happens there? What what do you, and I'm sure it's different from client to client, but. It is. Yeah. It depends on the situation, the issue, the client, how they learn, and also the therapist. Some therapists don't give what we call homework. Um, I don't always give homework, but I do like to give homework. And my clients actually like to have mm-hmm. homework to work on. So, gosh, it can range from like journaling uh, to doing artwork. Yay, art. Writing. <laughs> Yay, art, poetry, um, a walk in the woods. Uh, connecting with others, it all depends on what the issue is that the client is working on. So it really, um, I mean, what we hope as therapists is that there's some Mm self-reflection in between sessions and also an application of what they've learned in the therapy session. So when the client comes back into therapy, we can find out how did it go? Mm -hmm. And did this work for you? Did this not work for you? And if it didn't work for you, let's maybe try a new approach. So it can be very, very creative, but it's also unique Mm -hmm. to the individual and what's going to help them grow. Bryce? Yeah, I would just relay that. It's very dependent on the person and what their needs are. I've given homework to go buy ice cream. Mm. Uh, I know, like go that Go to the homework. ice cream shop. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> That's good homework. You know, others I have, want that homework. <laughs> um, you know, and others have been to like, you know, be let's get an exercise routine in because that's a priority for them. Or there's depressive symptoms and there's not a lot of mobility going on mm. and um, it, you know, it, it just is really dependent. But one of the most common for me is this practice of empathetic dialogue with yourself. Mm. And so it's to notice the different parts of me that are showing up and to treat them more with empathy instead of criticism. And so yeah. I give really clear ways and even, you know, mantras and dialogue, um, for people to practice internally. So when, you know, the voice in me that says, I suck, or um, I'm not good enough, or nobody likes me, you know, when that voice comes up, instead of saying like, damn it, there's that voice again, to be able to say like, oh, there's that part of me, there's that voice. Hello again. You're trying to help me. And I don't need your help right now. But I I love you. Like, please leave me alone now. You know, like that's, um, but it, to just practice some loving kindness and mm-hmm. self empathy. That's a really common one for me with folks. Um, Therapy is an hour a week, right? Or an hour a month or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so the real work goes on outside of the room. I think mm-hmm. that's does. where the transformation happens. We talk about stages of change a lot mm-hmm. and, people, the stages of change occur outside of the therapeutic room, you know, outside of our offices. And they happen more in in the real world 
where people are back to life and applying what they learn in the room. So, And that brings me back. And that's the gift, right? Is we aren't therapy. You are not meant to have a therapist once a week for the rest of your life. The goal is that you learn to live your life the way you want to without us present in that, that actively in your life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because I keep saying absolutely. So <laughs> there it is. I keep saying absolutely, but I totally agree with you. We don't want people dependent on us because that's not healthy, right? We want them to get out there and feel strong and healthy and engaged. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wendy, when you kind of started us out, you said it really, how you show up really matters. And so if somebody's coming to therapy once a week and, um, and they're not maybe as open or as curious, this in-between time between sessions may not be as fruitful. They may not be, you know, willing to do homework or, you know, have any reflective time. But if somebody's showing up, you know, this more openness, more curiosity, more wonder, um, it, it's pretty amazing what can, what can happen in a handful of sessions with a really really well-aligned therapist with you so mm-hmm. yeah even people who show up defensive we, it's still good for us because we're seeing what that's like mm-hmm. so just and God, are you kidding me? the first session is so awkward uh, you know it's not awkward for us because we do it all the time but anyone going to therapy for the first time it's a weird thing like, okay, I've never met you before, but I'm going to tell you, like, where I'm struggling. That's where we're going to start. <laughs> like, you know, like, it's odd, and it should feel a little weird, and that's okay. And you might feel a little defensive, you know, like, whatever. We got it. Like, just show up and be weird, and we'll be, we'll jump in there with you, and it'll be fine. Like, um, That's really good. But That's good to hear that, because I think, again, sometimes... You know, it's so hard to reach out and ask for the help or look for the support and then to get there and it it's weird. It feels awkward. We're clunking around. Um, sometimes I think people may feel like, well, that was weird. So I must, this must not be the thing. Maybe I'm out, you know, and it's like, no, just like when you learn to ride a bicycle, it is wobbly for a while and you move through the wobbly on the way to fluidity. Um, and I think that's true. You know, as we're beautiful metaphor. Yeah, yeah. Well, in people's the defenses show up in the in the you know in that first session, let's say, and those defenses are there to try to protect the person. Mm -hmm. Um, This is weird and unknown and uncomfortable and and probably a little scary. And so here come these things that we've learned to keep ourselves safe. And what happens is they get to meet me or Wendy. And we say, I can see you, and I, and I like, you're okay here. Even That's though right. it's weird, you're, okay, you're allowed to be a little defensive right now. And I'm curious, tell me more about this defensive piece of you, you know? And where'd That's you learn that? Conditional positive regard mm. that you were talking about earlier, Bryce. Yeah. And so we're yeah. with you. We see all of you, and we're like, I like it. All of you's good. There's some stuff that you want to address, and let's get into that. So, um, I'm watching our time here, guys. We are. We. It's, I. I knew this would go all over the place, but it, and it's been so good. But I want to start oh wrapping up. Oh my god, up. I could um, talk a lot longer. <laughs> I feel like 
We could do a second episode. We might have to do a second episode. Yeah. Well, I want to say, so we've got people listening. Therapy helps us really, I think, take the blinders down um, and and learn a little bit more about who we are and have someone in that with us. Um, I think that's the bottom line to how it helps us grow in self-awareness. I'd be hard-pressed to name anyone who's gone to therapy with a good therapeutic alliance, like a good relationship with the therapist and not left more self-aware. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say if, if you're listening to this and looking for therapy, maybe that's how we could end today is just pointing people in some directions. So Wendy, do you want to, what's like a go-to for you? I think. Well, you mentioned earlier psychology today. So, I would start there if you would like an in-person or even online or Zoom therapy session. I would start at Psychology Today where you could read people's profiles and you self-select. Usually people do a great job of picking who they need to go see Mm -hmm. because something resonates in the biography on on the website. So I would start there. And if you wanted to do online therapy, there are programs now like BetterHelp, where you can go online and find a therapist that way or ZenHelp or therapist.com. So there's many different ways. um, But you're not necessarily going to get a bio on all of the online sites. So you can ask a friend if you're feeling brave and find out if you know if a friend has been open and says that they go see their therapist. We get lots of friend referrals Mm -hmm. that way. But again, back to the self-awareness piece, I would say that if you're listening to this and you're thinking that you might benefit from getting some help in your life. I encourage you to be brave and start searching and find somebody that will be right for you. Mm. Yeah, this if the journey is a zero to a hundred, that zero to one, that first step into it can be the most significant on that journey. Um so, I will say that I feel like stigma has gone down quite a bit oh, yeah. over the years, which I'm really happy to see. We are not hurting for clients. Mm. People are doing a great job of being brave and making phone calls and taking that first step from zero to one. Yeah. I want to invite people too, if if we can be helpful to you at Foxwood, who's who hosts this podcast, our business. Um, there's contact information to be in touch on our website, foxwoodcc.org. So if you need help, you know, figuring out who to see, or you have questions, or even on a second, if we wanted to do a second episode on therapy, you know, what did we miss? Uh, what would you like to hear more about? Um, feel free to get in touch with us and you can you can find emails and phone numbers there. Um, would love to hear from you. Um, and if again, if we can be helpful on your journey, if you do need referrals or just 
um, aren't sure what step to take first if psychology today doesn't work for you um, just feel free to be in touch and we'd be happy to can help connect the dots a little bit um, Becky any final thoughts on your end no I think this has been a really lovely conversation with the two of you um, that has you know at the very least offered permission to folks which I think sometimes um, is really that integral piece in moving from zero to one you know the permission to speak up or to name that there might be awkwardness and and whatnot so I think you've shared some real gems today and and I'm ending with a, a heartful of gratitude that I know both of you and get to share time with you Mm, thank you Wendy thanks so much for joining us it means the world to me that you took some time and um, we both couldn't have thought of a better person to be on this one with us mm, thank you so much It's I'm very grateful and thank you for inviting me yeah. well thanks everyone for listening to another uh, wonderful episode of Foundations Um, We're thrilled that you're with us and um, we're just so happy to be doing this, I think, and that you take the time to listen. We don't take it lightly. And like Becky said, leaving with grateful hearts again today. Um, For more information on Foxwood Foundations or if you, again, want to be in touch about therapy or have more questions, feel free to visit our website, foxwoodcc.org. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook And there's all kinds of goodies, what Becky calls fox food, for you to find on there. (laughs) Thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon.